Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's Sal Capaccio. 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 On WGR. All right, happy to have you with us here on a sunny Monday. Like three days in a row with, dare I say, lots of sunshine. It's 5 o'clock. It's still light out. Spring is right around the corner. Sal Capaccio on the Western Hotline joining me. I'm the Bulldog. Mike Shope is off today. Sal, I hope you appreciate that we didn't bother you on Friday at about 3.45 when I first saw the first of what turned into two different Stefan Diggs uh, quotes, uh, media appearances. Uh, let, let you, let, we let you rest, but, I mean, it's Monday and we all have jobs to do, so uh, here you are today. How you doing, bud? <laughs> <laughs> I'm good, and I think we're going to get a couple more days of sunshine here, too. So, yeah, so it's going to be nice. Yeah, good deal. So what did you make, if anything, of uh, how Diggs sounded talking from the Pro Bowl uh, on the weekend? I, as everybody else, would love for him to come out and just say, "Hey, man, I love the Buffalo Bills. I'm here. We're gonna get this thing. We're gonna do it. We're gonna get it right. We're gonna get over the hump. Mm-hmm. Not sure, you know. We got the right people in place. Looking forward to next year. Rocking with my guys. I, I, that would be great. I think we've learned now that's just not how he rolls. It's not what he does. And I, I don't know sometimes what to make of what exactly he's thinking, um, what exactly he's trying to say or not say." At this point, um, I think it's just kind of expected that he's just going to kind of always leave things open-ended. And wherever it goes from there, it goes. And, you know, he just seems that this is the kind of the, I don't know if it's a game he plays necessarily consciously or mm-hmm. just that's the way he is to talk or if he's doing it on purpose. I don't know. Um, it doesn't sound to me like someone who's saying, "I get me out of there. Right. Uh, it also doesn't sound to me like someone who is... Um, you know, it also sounds to me like someone who 
hey, if there was a change, then I'll roll with the change. Yeah. And if I'm here, I'm here. I That's kind of the way I interpret it, but I think that's a little bit how he always sounds. Now, the part about you know the money and I don't control that and all those kinds of things, he also sounds like he kind of knows that, yeah, there's really... There's really nothing they can do, you know, and so I'm not going to say anything about it anyway. Like, hey, whatever's got to happen has got to happen. I'm under contract and I don't control the money part of it. So, you know, they're going to do what they need to do and then we'll go forward. Yeah, it's it's very similar. Um, Like my starting point for analyzing. I mean, first of all, and we we made this I made this point a few times on Friday. Like I, I, I. I don't know that I ever feel more like ill prepared than guessing at what he means because I mean what are we really doing here like I just asked you what do you what do you think and like we're we're grown men we're talking about like cryptic sounding words used but for me I think the contract is almost I know anything can be moved and they'd have to have an appetite for taking on a ton of dead money I just and, and it's notable, you did come up on Friday, even though we didn't call you, because when Mike asked you, as the offseason was beginning, like, how ready for all this are you? Like, how open-minded are you to there being, you know, something that could happen with him? You said, mm-hmm. you know, you well, you, you can tell us again. Like, you feel like you have to be open-minded about it, that it could happen. I, I'm, I'm pretty close-minded. I don't think they have a roster that they can move a, a premium receiver off of, nor do they have the money to burn even if they split it up over, you know, over two years with a, with a release post June one, I just don't think there's any way that they can handle it financially or from a position standpoint. I agree with all of that. The reason why I would say I'd be open-minded to anything happening is you never know what transpires going forward. If he, and I'm not, I'm not mm-hmm. in any way, I want to make sure I I'm not in any way alluding to or suggesting that he might feel this way or does or says anything, but let's just say it does come to a point in the head where they're like, okay, we just can't live with each other anymore. And Stefan says, you can rework my contract in order to get to trade me. Like you can do that. If that were the case, that then you have to be open-minded to that. Mm-hmm. But I don't think Brandon Bean has, is, has an appetite to do that. And like you said, and I agree with you, he certainly can't just release him outright before June 1st and take on a $31 million cap hit. And then if you do it after June 1st, you're still talking $22 million next year on the cap. Right. And the money you save this year, you don't even get. By the way, it is $19 million you'd save if you did a post-June 1 release. You don't even get that until June 1st. What are you going to do with it? Right. I mean, you, know, you, can't, you can't sign free agents in March, April, and May to do with that. So, yeah, you're, you can't do it from a practical standpoint. And I think about what Brandon Bean said of, we still feel he's a number one receiver. Now, is there a, could someone spin that and go, yeah, that's what you say when you want to trade him? That's what you say when you want to get value? Sure, you could say that. I think he believes that. I think he said it with the kind of conviction that I believe that they feel that and that he is still that type of player. But he also said they need to get more help around him. And that's what they're going to try and do. So, yes, I agree with everything you said about from the Bills standpoint of, there's just no way. You can't do that. It's the same thing I said last year. Even if Stephon Diggs walked into Brandon Bean's office right now and said, trade me or I'm not playing, he'd be like, sorry, dude, I can't do that. Just can't do it. Not going to happen. Go to practice. But if something were to happen where it got to a point of, hey, if we rework this and we're all, we rip this up and all parties go to a new thing and we can make, then you could make it happen. I just don't think that that is something feasible for either side. 
Right, and and that's where the roster comes comes to mind, right? Like Correct. We, we can all look at Diggs' uh, you know, his performance, his production dipping in the second half of the season. Um, you know, I, I I choose not to believe everything teams tell us because I think they you know they have their own agendas. But I I, I I'm taking the Bills at their word that not only mm-hmm. do they think Diggs can still play, I, I think he can still play. I kind of need him to still be able to play, and I think so do they, even with the big cap number, because of you know what they what they don't have elsewhere on the roster, particularly at receiver. You know, if Gabe Davis leaves, I mean, we're where where are we? You know, we're we're right. at, we're in real trouble here. Like they got to find a replacement for for Davis. That has to be a priority. I don't think you need to be compounding it unless something like you're saying extraordinary happens here where like Diggs like, just pushes things to such a point where something has to be done and he's amenable to helping make that happen. Like that's a that's a sidecar here. As as structured right now, I think there's too much need roster-wise for the Bills to to move on from him. So the question becomes how do I find help, right? And if yep. I'm if I'm not going to pay Davis, which I'd be surprised if they found their way to pay him the going rate for what you know what he could land in free agency, then um, you know, then I'm at the draft or I'm bargain hunting. Right? Is there is there somebody out there that's coming off an injury that you know needs a one year prove it deal or someone at the end like Emmanuel Sanders was a couple years ago? Like, well, one more year out of this guy, it's a proven commodity. Bring him in. Maybe maybe I can find my way to that. I've not studied the free agent list yet to try to pick that guy out. I've been thinking more about the draft, but they're definitely going to have to prioritize receiver. And it sounds like they are open to doing that, the way they talked about explosive plays and passing to win, like McDermott said, learning from Andy Reid. Like, I feel like they're telling us, maybe like we thought with corner two years ago, they're going to have to address receiver pretty high in the draft, if not first. I agree. I feel like this is the first time in this these last few years, even though we've all kind of talked about, oh, you need a receiver and there's some good receivers, you should draft one early. I feel like this is the first time where I'm kind of really thinking they're going to do it. Like, as I sit here now, of course, I always tell people this, free agency changes everything. You go out and get to, a few years ago, I remember 2019, and it's like, yep, you better get Josh Allen some receivers. Oh, draft, 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 draft. Suddenly they signed John Brown and Cole Beasley. Oh, okay, well, you don't need to do that as much anymore. <laughs> right. Would have been nice. And then, you know, and you know, but but I think I'm, we're in the same boat here, which is they could go out kind of bargain shopping in free agency. A real good clue was, look what they did right at when the season ended, right before it, right after it. They signed K.J. Hamler to a future reserve contract. K.J. Hamler... Say former was it first or second round pick in the Broncos. Second. Just I think a few it's second round pick. Second, yeah. thank you. Just a couple of years ago, right? It's like three years ago, four years ago, and he was very highly regarded coming out of college. And he is a a guy that has speed. Like it feels like to me, they're going to try to unearth and find someone, couple people they can bring in and say, okay, like it didn't work somewhere else. And the Bills believe a lot of that. And it is true sometimes, a lot of times, or anywhere. It doesn't have to be in Buffalo. It could be anywhere. Whereas where something doesn't work for one player because of their system, their organizational structure, how they develop that player, it might work better where you are. They said that about Andy Isabella. When Andy Isabella came in last year, I remember talking with Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott. And they basically said, look, I mean, one situation doesn't work out doesn't mean it's not going to work out for your situation, it might be a better fit where you are, how that how the person fits into the offense, what they can do. And 
Now you go out and get KJ Hamler. So, okay, so let's think about those kinds of players. Are there players who it just kind of hasn't worked out for whatever reason where they are? Now all of a sudden they become free agents. Yeah, sure. I mean, I don't think Gabe Davis is probably going to – he's going to be affordable for them. You're right. I mean, I think someone's going to pay Gabe Davis. Mm-hmm. I know Bills fans are probably thinking, well, he's not worth that. He's not worth that. Someone's going to pay him, just like someone paid Tremaine Edmonds. Now, maybe not the top of the market, right? Tremaine right. Edmonds got the yeah. most of a linebacker. All it takes is one team. Someone's going to pay Gabe Davis more than what the Bills can afford. So you have to go down the list. There are guys out there that you can take a look and say, okay, what about a – I'll throw out some names – what about a Darnell Mooney? Like, does there? Yeah, he's not going to make as much as Gabe Davis. You could probably. How about a KJ Osborne? I don't know if it's the necessarily the style, mm-hmm. but a guy you know played his his football here at UB, did some nice things when Justin Jefferson was hurt. There was another one I was thinking of, a uh, Kendrick Bourne. How about a Kendrick Bourne? Yep. You've seen him for a couple years. There are guys who I don't think are going to break the bank in any regard, but maybe they wind up fitting for you on what you need. Sal Capaccio on the Wester Hotline with us here on WGR. It's Super Bowl week. We'll spend plenty of time on the game as the as the week wears on, but I'm fresh off a conversation last hour with Mike Giannini from Track talking about the salary cap and the way forward, so we're sort of focusing on that. And Sal, you, by the way, I saw this just as you were about to join us here, uh, the off-season tracker is live at WGR550.com, yep. right? Yep, 100%. So if people want to go there, we'll always be updated. There's always... It always starts off kind of light, and then we have to make changes as we go. That's the whole point of the tracker. You know, you're tracking moves that happen, um, but we top these things every year. So there you'll find where the Bills have their current draft picks. They have nine of them right now. We're expecting a tenth when the comp picks get announced, so I haven't put that in there. That should be a third rounder for the Tremaine, mm-hmm. Tremaine, Tremaine Edmonds loss last year. They should have ten draft picks, um, so we don't know the exact numbers until those comp picks are announced. But all the pending free agents – all of the um, coaching staff changes so far. We had a couple, obviously, late last week. I don't know. Maybe expecting more. We'll see. Generally, what happens is by the time you get to the combine, you know, right around that week, we get some word on, you know, who, how the staff actually is formed before they go forward into the offseason. You know, speaking with Mike and looking at his work at SpotTrack.com, um, yeah, and this is just one guy's you know opinion way forward for ways to free up money. A couple of I think very straightforward releases that I would agree with would be Naheem Hines saving almost five million and Deontay Hardy saving four point one nine five is what Michael is here. How do you feel about both of those? I'll get to some harder questions uh, after after those. They would fit for me. Um, you could also just kind of restructure the same way they did Naheem Hines. Yeah. Kind of the year before. Remember, they traded for Hines, and then before he had his injury, they actually restructured his contract, right? Right, to make sure he stayed around. I think that to me would be more the of the Hardy situation. If you wanted to do something like that, hey, we like what he did. We could still use a returner, and what? Maybe it's maybe it's between one of those guys. I, I to me, they kind of cancel each other out. Like, are you really going to bring them both mm-hmm. back at that rate? You might just want one returner. And after Hines and his injury, Hardy, obviously, the return he had at the end of the year, I think he did some nice things. Maybe they feel like they want him, but certainly I think you could replace those guys and not pay as much money. But they might like one of them around and say, look, we can do it if you're willing to restructure your deal a little bit. Right. Tredavious White is the harder one. Mm-hmm. Um, like I, and it's it's emotional, I think, for a lot of fans and probably for the organization, too. They're, they're going to have to swallow hard, I think. I mean, this is pro sports. It's how it goes. We know the injury history. We know what an excellent player he's been. But, boy, if I can free up $6 million, $6.2 million, uh, with a move there, look, 
maybe maybe there's an appetite to keep going and bring him back on something else. But I, I think at that money with the injuries the last couple of years here, two years out of three, boy, it's a tough one. I don't even like saying it, but I, I think it probably is called for. I think it's too hard to do and not considering the dead money that would go along with that. I understand you'd be saving $6 million. They'd be taking on $10 million, more than that, for a player not on their roster and a player that I that is a cornerstone of this franchise and Sean McDermott got here who I think they firmly believe would work hard enough to come back and maybe he's not 100% Tredavious White what he was, but even when he came back from the ACL, I mean, he was still shadowing number one wide receivers. To me, I think that's too hard of a pill to swallow right now. You might have to wait a year. And I think it's, to them, the way I look at they, the way they would look at it, mm-hmm. is that that's a year away from making, to, to really doing something like that and to seeing where he is. I think the 10 plus million dollars to eat for him not on your team outweighs the $6 million you'd be saving in, in that scenario. Do you have any idea? I feel like I've asked you this one other time, and I can't remember if you just shut me down immediately because I, I feel a little bit like <laughs> I feel a little bit like the Rasmus Ristolainen should be changed to winger guy who would you know call randomly during Ristolainen's time with the Sabres. They're like, why do you want to change everybody's position? But they're going to have a need at safety. And I, I'm thinking about Rod Woodson's career, um, you know, what White's been, an, obviously an all-pro level corner. I, I don't know. I wonder. They, they have, they're going to have a need at safety. They already do. Maybe it'll be compounded if they make a move on Jordan Poyer. I wonder if that is a sensible idea or if that is just preposterous. I don't think Tredavious White fits into that. He's not a really great tackler. This system requires safeties to come up, be tacklers, play up play up and down in the box sometimes. Look what they did with Jordan Poyer. Now, granted, that was a little special mm-hmm. circumstance, obviously. But you think about Hyde and Poyer, and obviously, you know, they've been around for so long, and the type of players they are, I think that's what they like at safety. Even DeMar Hamlin, physical guy, right? Dean Marlowe, a tackler, right? You, you think about the safeties. Cam Lewis, a physical guy. These are not these are not Tredavious White types. It can work in some systems. I don't think it would work here. I don't think they would do that now. Granted, if they did keep and they don't move on from him, they say, okay, we can come back, and he comes back and he just doesn't have the hip turn, he just doesn't have the explosiveness, maybe that's something they visit to say, we got we, we got to prolong his career somehow. We, yeah. To me, that would be a last resort okay. to do for Tredavious White. I, I don't feel he fits that. The, the guys, the two guys that fit much more would be Russell Douglas and Christian Benford to be able to do something like that. I even think Dane Jackson could actually do something like that if you really wanted to, but I don't think yeah. they would. I think yeah. Jackson's a corner, right? But I, I think Douglas and Benford, we know they said Benford has that skill set. Yeah. Um, you know, and I will tell you this, the guy who does not is Kyrie Elam. Kyrie Elam's not going to be that guy. Um, you know, he certainly is not in the safety mold. You'd be, I think, as much as his career has kind of been not a real launching pad yet, you'd be even setting him back even more mm-hmm. um, to do something like that. So I agree with you. They can help themselves at safety, maybe, but to me, I don't think that's where that needs to come from at this point. Let's see where they go. If it was a last resort for Tredavious White, 
maybe that's the case, but he doesn't feel like he's the kind of guy that would fit in this system. Doing yeah, that. yeah, I'm all, I'm I'm coming at it from a prolonging the career standpoint too. Like yeah. if there's athletically, if he doesn't have what it takes to play corner, not that safety's easy, but it's not. It's just different. Uh, so that that's sort of you know the launching point. It's also a way to keep the player around because you know yeah. like we all you know have admired what he's done and what he's been through. Uh, so you know try not to be as cold about it. The Benford thing like that was talking about was that after like his second camp um like there was some talk about Benford do you remember the timing was that before White got hurt it was both it was actually when they drafted him they said that he can play both that was kind of what it started it after they drafted him Bean's like you know he can play both corner and safety but he's going to be a corner for us and then you know we can move him there and then I remember last year during OTAs and minicamp it was kind of talked about where he had gotten some reps just to kind of mm-hmm. feel it out a little bit you know what I mean um, and that was, yeah, obviously as Tredavious White was coming back, and they needed him at corner because Trey was coming off the injury. I think people were thinking, oh, what, when, what about when Trey comes back? You know, what do you do? You have Benford there. You have Jackson still. Um, so that is a guy, but I- I'll say it this way. I think Christian Benford played really good football last year right. at his spot. Yep. And at this point, like to me, he is a starting-level NFL cornerback. It is a position where... You don't have to rush like your number three boundary guy to move him or to get rid of him, right? Like, and I know Tre'Davious White has this this salary, and I'm not even saying he's number three. Let's just take them all three in one group, which is you know White, Douglas, and Benford. It is a position where you you need all three of them, and then you have Dane Jackson, who's a free agent, and he can be a backup guy. He can be your fourth boundary guy, Elam. But you don't have to make that uh, and Elam. Well, well, that's the other thing. That it's funny you say that because as we talk through this conversation, I think about well, what do you do with Elam? Like, what if he doesn't make – what if you do get rid of Tredavious White because you have to make the tough decision, and then Elam doesn't make that jump? Mm-hmm. I mean, you're you're looking at it – you're back to square one kind of, of needing more guys and needing depth and figuring it out because right now, I mean, Bean said at the end of the year, I like our corner depth. So, I mean, to me, it feels like they're in a decent spot – and the more moves like that you make, the more you hurt yourself to no longer be in a decent spot. Right. Super Bowl week sell, 49ers, Chiefs. Are you one who – Zach is admitted to me earlier here today. He's at least a little bothered by Brock Purdy being in the Super Bowl. Last pick in the draft, <laughs> like what are we doing here? Uh, I-, I love the story. Like I, I-, I-, I watch- they-, they showed his parents frequently during these playoff games. And I just think to myself, what a ride that must be for them, right? The kid had a you know, successful college career, but still, he's the last pick in the draft, goes in midway through last year, and now he's in the Super Bowl. I mean, what a ride. I am a little bothered by it. I'm going to agree with Zach. Um, I, it's nothing personal. I think it's great and a great story. The only reason I'm bothered by it in this regard, in this regard is it's another guy who gets there before Josh Allen, and I hate hearing about <laughs> that part of it, right? Yep. I just, it's, I mean, what do we, we got to talk about, like, and hear about this whole thing about Josh Allen not being there and people thinking, and he can't get there, and he can't win this, and it's just nonsense. Like, this guy is, it's not because of him, you know, that they haven't been to a Super Bowl, right? There's other things you can point to, or people, or whatever, mm-hmm. and circumstances, but 
certainly not because of him. That's the only thing that bothers me about it. It would have bothered me, but on the other end of the spectrum, would have bothered me that Lamar Jackson, a first-round pick, would have got there before Josh Allen. Yeah, that, that, This I, guy is Mr. Irrelevant. I definitely you know? felt that. I mean, Jackson is the same draft class. The Bills chose Allen over him. They're in the same conference. So I did yeah. not want Lamar. That was that, I was rooting for the Chiefs against the Ravens. But Super Bowl, all be, I'm I'm... Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know. We'll see who I bet on. Uh, but, but you know, my heart is with, uh, is with Purdy in San Francisco because, you know, I don't need to see Mahomes lift another trophy. But I did not want Lamar to do it because of the reasons you just stated. So we're, we're at least we line up there. Well, well I don't know. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to root for San Fran because I don't want Kansas City to win, like you just said. But I don't love, like, it doesn't make me feel good about San Fran either, to be quite honest with you. I just, I don't know. It's Kyle Shanahan. It's Brock Purdy. Like, I don't know. Do I need that? Christian McCaffrey, that'd be cool, I guess. George Kittle. There's some guys I could root for there. I would say, though, if there were a lot of other AFC teams in it, I would root for the AFC team over San Francisco. Um, You know, pick a team out of a hat and I'm like, oh, yeah, the Chargers win it. Yeah, Yeah, you know, it'd be cool. Get the Chargers to win one. Uh, but I, but it's the Chiefs, so I will root for the Niners because I don't want the Chiefs to win another. I one. would it's, say it's more yeah. about who I want to lose than who I want to win. For me, the point you just made about the other people on that 49er team, and and, I, and look, I, I have no trouble rooting for Purdy. Debo Samuel is one of my favorite guys in the league to yeah. watch. Like I yeah, love I like watching one. that man play football. So like that that's a that's an easy point of entry. All right, excellent sale. I'm sure we'll find reason to touch base as the week wears on, uh, Super Bowl week and all. But thank you for this today, and uh, we'll. Come Catch up soon. All right. You got it, man. Thanks. That's our man, Sal Capaccio, on the Western Hotline. His appearances on our shows, all our shows, all our different platforms. Brought to you by New York's only outlet, Liquor. When you need to stock up, it's the place to buy a case. What's your outlet? All right. So, Sal has this purdy problem. Zach has this purdy problem. Do you, do you out there have a purdy problem? Like, is he not deserving in some way of being? He's he's kind of little. He doesn't really run around that much. But the stats are tremendous, and there they are in the Super Bowl. Do you have trouble rooting for him? I have no difficulty at all uh, rooting for him, and I think I'd feel that way. I mean, aside from the Bills, I think I'd feel that way uh, just about. Uh, any AFC matchup. I wouldn't want the Chargers to get a Super Bowl before the Bills. So um, I think I'd be on the Niners no matter what. How about you? 803-0550 is the number if you'd like to chime in on that or anything else we've covered here uh, on the afternoon, talking about the Bills' salary cap and the way forward. Uh, We'll take another look at these these four quarterbacks I began the show with, too, as we go to kind of push the conversation along here. But 803-0550 is the number if you want a spot. Mike Shope is off today, along with Zach Jones. I am the Bulldog, and you're listening to WGR. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or... I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. 
because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.